Okay. Hey, Trish. Hey, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm wonderful. All right. So I would like to introduce our guest today. Uh, this actually happens to be one of my husband's friends. Um, and this is Kat Adams. Hi. Hey, Kat. Welcome. Matt, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Yeah. You you gave me like one of the most interesting paragraphs I think I've ever read. <laughs> I know. Nice. It was, yeah. It's a little dense, isn't it? <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. I was just like, wow, that is a very good way of delivering information. <laughs> I tried yeah, to be Matt, succinct. <laughs> I was going to say, Matt shared with me. I'm like, okay. I like how this, I like how this, how, how they roll. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, that's one of the skills that I picked up from my husband, who is extremely blunt and straightforward. And I like it. It's it's a it's a useful skill to have. Just figure out what information is necessary to communicate and just give that. I mean, hey, man, I need that in my life. Um, I could use that skill, especially on here. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you guys get distracted. <laughs> oh, we are notorious for going off topic. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes when you get into the weeds is where you find the like truly interesting stuff when you get off a trail. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I where you find the gems? Trail. Yeah, and it's so, these um, random tangents too, though. Right. Yeah, we we've talked about the weather for twenty minutes before. Well, to be fair, sometimes the weather's really fucking interesting. <laughs> like, you know, there's a reason that we, we used to look at the sky and, and think that divinity was communicating with us. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially, like, living in Calgary, the weather is, um, well, I'm sure you remember, Kat. It's, oh, yeah. It's bananas. It's oh yeah, I remember it being batshit crazy, and I live in Colorado, so it's it's funnily a little bit. It's like milder to me, but people here think it's absolutely insane, and I'm like, y'all don't know. <laughs> oh, like, so what's, what's it like in Colorado? So I, what, I, like, in terms of like weather, or just in general. Well, but in general, like in general and weather, like what's because how what's the difference between like Cal, um, Calgary and Colorado like since you've been in both places so Colorado seems to be a lot more uh, have a lot more like outsiders from the United States specifically because people like to move here and it was already kind of a thing that people would come to this state before marijuana was legalized whereas I remember Calgary being like Canadians and immigrants and it wasn't there wasn't like until I guess I remember a lot of people from Toronto moved out there, but Colorado just seems to be like a place that people flock to. And if you're born here, it's like a big deal that you're actually originally from here. But it's okay. it's very like you have a lot of liberals and you have a lot of conservatives all kind of trying to live together. Like, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh the daycare that I, the dog daycare that I worked at um it was like there was like me and a few other very like progressive liberal people um especially people that are LGBT and then you also had people who were like die hard Trump supporters and 
like people who admitted that they are proud boys and stuff like that. So that was, yeah, like that was really like interesting and stressful. (laughs) It sounds like a terrifying sitcom. It does. Um, America is a terrifying sitcom. <laughs> like, I like that. I like that. You know, True. like I believe it. A, no, I'm here. It's for a it. different thing down here. Uh, but you know, I I think that I had to like I've lived here coming up on 10 years now and I've had to really learn that the stereotypes that we hold about Americans aren't necessarily true and then when you do come across people for whom it is true it's worse than what you think <laughs> oh, oh I, I miss going down I miss going down there for that because I I, <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love traveling down to the U.S. Um, I used to go to Michigan all the time and like right. yeah it's like 90, 95% of the people, 99% of the people are nothing like what you hear about, but then you find that one person who's just that like, one just they stand out like crazy. a sore thumb. I, yep. And I just suddenly feel the need to apologize on behalf of Americans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when I, when I first moved here, I would get that a lot. Like when I was still very much like new to this country and it was kind of on me and people could tell. <laughs> I, w- I would have people come up to me and like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but like, so Canadian, apologizing for nothing. Yeah, I've definitely learned that like there, there are cool people down here and there are people who are trying very hard to educate the less cool people. Okay. Like, honestly, I find the biggest difference between like up here and down there is like, the pop like the population is just greater down there there's so many more people that you have to educate and deal with and work mm-hmm. with than we have up here and i'll tell you another thing about i've lived in several different places in the united states and the like the communities the cultures the customs are different from state to state like in canada it feels very like east and west and it kind of has a gradient just across the country at least that was my experience and then i come to the united states and like LA is different from Denver and Denver is different from New York and you know all of those places are different from the the Midwest and all of those different are places are very different from Florida yeah and I I find it like baffling that all of these different cultures are like under the same government And even yeah, within like Florida it's weird itself, like states right halfway across it's different. The culture mm-hmm. is different. Yeah, it it really varies. Like I think I've spent the most time in Colorado. I've lived in uh, Denver, Springs, Fort Collins, and Grand Junction, and all of those cities are very different from each other. Like more so than I feel like I experienced in Alberta. I lived like I lived in Edmonton for a while and I lived in Calgary for a while. And at the time it seemed like, wow, these are very different places. And now in retrospect, I'm like, that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I think Which the said- only difference between Calgary and Edmonton is that Edmontonians hate Calgarians and Calgarians hate Edmontonians. End of Yeah, differences. and for like for like no reason. Like you guys, we need more than one city in the whole province, okay? It's <laughs> fine that there are two. <laughs> like- <laughs> well, I, I mean they collectively agree that Red Deer sucks. Yeah, but like red deer's just smack in the middle, like red deer's you know. Gross. Red deer is so <laughs> gross. I've lived there. It is gross. 
Red Deer is just, it's, it's like, you know, the people who are traveling back and forth between Edmonton and Calgary, I feel like sometimes, like, shit happens and you just get stuck halfway through, and those are the people that end up in Red Deer. Oh my god, yeah, or it's like, and there's so many people that are just, like, born and raised there and never want to leave. Yes, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I encountered that a lot when I lived in South Dakota. Oh just... wow, you lived in South Dakota. My husband and I met each other in South Dakota. He's from New That's York. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm from Calgary. And we both, we like saw each other and we're like, oh my God, a normal person. Like, we, we were just like each other's refuge in this sea of bigotry. <laughs> oh my God, that is so cute though. <laughs> it was, you know, it was kind of, it was a cute way that we met. Like we were both just like trying to get laid and we met on like OkCupid and then we were like oh so the conversation that we had afterwards was great let's keep doing this and I think within like four months we moved to Colorado together (laughs) oh yeah that is so awesome yeah and we you know we lived we lived in Colorado we South Dakota Colorado He's from New York, so we spent time there. We spent time in LA for like no reason except just to do it, basically. I think Byron Byron remembers you messaging him to complain about LA. It's it sucks. Like (laughs) you can't live in LA. You can visit, but you can't live there. Yeah, you can't live there. I I like New York City. Like I can I can spend time there. Like I, I appreciate the way that you can really blend into a crowd like you can be doing your just like your weird thing out on the street and nobody gives a shit nobody will look at you you might get like catcalled but like (laughs) i would rather just get whistled at than have people like coming up to me trying to like have conversations with me about what i'm doing oh so like is everyone really that chatty in la like they seem to be that way like everywhere except New York. Like God. No, I prefer yeah. like growing up in Toronto, I prefer um like Toronto's definitely more of a standoffish city. Like mm-hmm. just like, you know, you just kinda like keep your head up and go where you're going. Yeah, that's you very, don't look at like, any of the crazy bullshit city. that's happening around you because if you yeah. give it attention, it's gonna come talk to you. Yeah, yeah that's it'll suck you all the way in. You know, when yeah. I was in LA though, there was this is my my the only time I've ever regretted not getting involved in somebody else's crazy like nonsense. <laughs> my <laughs> at the time my husband and I were living in a van and we were working for Labor Ready at, uh, at I think it's called People Ready now, but it was used to be called Labor Ready and it's just day labor like you show up in the morning and they send you to a construction site and you you work for that day. Okay. And we we got a job and we hadn't had one in a long time so we were really desperate for it and we were like almost late and as we were going there we saw a guy who looked like either he was very mentally ill or on drugs or something and fully naked like 100 percent butt-ass naked and we were just and, and he was not white which is a really dangerous situation for a person to be in and we were both like holy shit that guy might die today yeah but we need to go to work because we haven't eaten in three days and we like did not stop and help this guy because we would have had to do a whole big like turnaround and everything and like when we got to work that day we were like oh fuck we fucked up we fucked up oh and like that's one of those things that we both like think about like twice a year and we're like ah shit i hope that guy's okay 
I hope yeah, he's but... okay. I hope he just had a bad day. I, I hope yeah. so too. I hope he had a bad trip and, and somebody saw him and gave him a pair of pants because like Yeah. But like the public yeah, but you have to look out look out for yourself too though. Like you guys mm-hmm. hadn't worked or eaten, like you had to take care of exactly. yourself. Exactly. So. It was yeah, that was one of those situations. Like we had another thing like that when we were living in our car. Um, we lived in like a two door for six months. <laughs> and at one point we were we were parked at a Walmart parking lot. And this, like, raggedy-ass woman who looks, you know, like she's in a real bad way and is too young to look that fucked up, came oh. up to our car and asked us if we had heroin. Oh. Like, she was, like, no heavily bluff. going... No bluff, nothing. She was just like, I need some tar. And we were like, wow. oh, I don't, like, we don't have that. And we watched her go around the parking lot just, like, asking people. And that was another one where I'm like, if I had the resources to help this person, if I, like, it was, like, the only time in my life I've ever wished I had heroin because I could have given it to her instead of her going to ask somebody who's going to hurt her for it. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, no, that, for sure. That was awful. Like, we really, for a long time, like, we really considered finding, like, both some meth and some heroin just to keep on us while we were homeless because so many people would come to us looking for it Mm -hmm. but at the same time if you get pulled over and you have that shit in your car that's like oh you're fucked that's not a good situation and my husband is black so that's especially not a good situation in this country yeah oh god yeah oh my god that's all it takes that's all it Mm -hmm. takes you don't even need to commit a crime you just need to be of a specific color in a vehicle now yep that's it (laughs) yep absolutely it's insane like and and people are are cowards too like when we were homeless it was a very regular occurrence for people to call the police because we were parked somewhere yeah wow. like just yeah what? like okay like here's like a spot under a tree let's park the car and try to sleep and then we would get woken up at two o'clock in the morning by the cops that are just they're there because somebody called so they have to show up yeah and they're like oh you're sleeping in a place that you're legally allowed to sleep we're sorry like yeah yeah and like it's really scary because sometimes most of the time especially in colorado most of the time they'd show up and they'd be like hey we get it we know that you're just trying to sleep but because someone called we had to ask and you look like you're fine so we're gonna fuck off yeah but then every so often we would get somebody that would just like take a huge dump on us like i've i've had police like call me disgusting and straight up like make that like kid face at like vegetables like that nose wrinkling face oh just like yeah and like accuse me of like shitting in the street and i'm like i use a bag thank you very much like (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) and that's just like a common attitude that people have and there was one occasion we were we were parked at a grocery store and it's it's been like a normal thing that if you park somewhere for a few days usually the manager somebody will come out and they'll be like hey we gotta ask you to leave and you go okay and you leave yeah this particular time they did not do that they called the police and when the police said did you ask them to leave they lied and said yes and the officer that showed up yeah the officer that showed up was like really ready to punish us for that and he was very like loud and belligerent and was like yelling at us to get out of the bus we were living in the bus at the time i think yeah. i've mentioned three vehicles so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, yeah what was that a van two door and a bus now yeah yeah but as my like husband a is, VW is walking, bus? 
Um, more of like a like a F one fifty or I think that was a two fifty, like a a scary van. <laughs> it's more. Oh, what we you had. did like a you did like a conversion like people do in Banff. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool though. That. Those are cool. I love those. Oh yeah. I would do one of those with Byron and like just like. They're fantastic if you build them out the properly. Oh yeah, they're great. But anyways, when this officer showed up and my husband was leaving the bus, he grabbed his arm and wrenched his arm behind his back and what? just immediately started searching him. Scared the shit out of both of us. Like my 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 husband is a like cool collected guy, especially when there are police involved. Yeah. Like that made him react. Like that made him like pull his arm away and he had to very quickly stifle that reaction because it would have escalated. And that officer like yelled at him for that and, and told him like, I gotta search you and didn't didn't put a single hand on me, basically just told me to sit on the curb. Oh my and god. Then to, and then proceeded to illegally enter our vehicle without a warrant and without our permission. And he did all of these things without stating what he was doing first. Like he just like grabbed my husband and put hands on him and then proceeded to waltz inside my vehicle. Well, it's which like a colored like, person negates all rights. Say that again? It's like a colored person negates all rights. Uh yeah. Yeah, like his presence all of a sudden he didn't have to tell you shit. He could just do whatever he wants. Yeah, like, like I've, how? I've definitely noticed that, like, yeah, the way, even the way that I get treated by police just because I'm with a person of color is is very different than how I've ever been treated when I'm with a white person. Like, even just getting pulled over, like, when we were first together, I kind of have a baby face. Like, I've been, I've been on job sites where I've had to tell people how old I am before they'll let me do my job. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Like when we were first together, the first time we got pulled over together, the officer had me get out of the vehicle and pulled me aside and asked me if I was okay. What? Yeah, and I was just like, what the hell? Like, no, I'm talking to like an armed person that I don't know. <laughs> I love how his automatic like... assumption was, oh, I need to get you out of the car to save you. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I was just like, can I leave? Like, yeah. I Like, he, he asked for my ID and ran my ID when I wasn't driving. That's never happened to me before. That's ridiculous. It, but, yeah. And yeah, there's no reason. If you're not driving and it was a, he pulled you over, there's no reason for him to even search you. Yeah, no. But like that's another thing that we've that we're both very aware of that Roy had to teach me is that when they ask for shit like that, you just give it to them. Fair like, enough. Like it's you keep your hands out of your pockets. You say yes sir, no sir. You give them your ID. You basically let them do whatever they're gonna do so that maybe they'll belittle you and humiliate you and maybe hurt you, but they're not gonna kill you. It's kind of the goal. And that's that's wow. what it's like oh to be, God. you know, a person that's of color sad. in the United States. <laughs> that is so that's fucked just up. Yeah. Like that is fucked up. Like I Alberta is like super racist towards like and like any Middle Eastern people, like anyone from that section of the world I is like remember. I remember here that hate being them for some brutal. reason. Like we're still yeah. there's there was just a, a swastika drawn in a mosque the other day in Edmonton. Nice. Oh, and Edmonton yeah. has like a bad, like like a Nazi problem. Oh my! Oh my God! Edmonton is horrible for that. Yeah, kind of shit. like they're so bad that like I hear about it on American news. The like the the Nazis and men's rights activists in Edmonton are horrible. Oh, they're nuts. They're. <laughs> That's like the that's like the worst part of Edmonton is the fact that like those factions seem to like 
um, almost like center themselves there. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Like, what's uh, what's going on in Alberta that makes those people feel more comfortable there? It's very central. It's easy for them to congregate. Mm, they had sense. a flat Earth conference in Edmonton. <laughs> of course they would. Oh my god. Yeah, the tickets were three hundred dollars a piece. Oh, that's hilarious. Right? Wow. I wonder who like who profited off of that. Like who organized that? I don't I I don't know. I it just it blew my mind. Cuz like that sounds like there's somebody just like laughing their ass off all the way to the bank because they've made a living off of telling people that the earth is flat. Oh, I'm sure the, the only reason it is cuz someone made bank on it. Yeah. I mean Absolutely. like I I watched a documentary that they made on themselves. Which they proved no they which they proved multiple times that the earth was not flat. Um yeah, they they have like a very flawed basic understanding of like math and physics and even like biology. <laughs> I know but that's why it's so fun when they try and use math and physics to prove themselves right because it just ends up proving themselves wrong so yeah, aggressively. Yeah, they really like they reveal themselves so much. They remind me a lot actually of like fundamentalist Christians. Like as I've mentioned, I was raised in a fundamentalist evangelical home that was like fairly strict like compared to other kids that i knew it wasn't that strict but then when i tell secular people they're like wow that was fucked up <laughs> yeah Bi- Bi- byron told me it was very uh it yeah was like strict. he was like pretty like he he played a pretty key role in like building the stack of things that i needed to leave the church eventually like he really did like just being exposed to somebody who like accepted me and loved me regardless of like whatever weird belief system i was raised in and also just like showed me what gay people actually are was a was very instrumental like i remember my mom constantly like hounding me to bring byron to church specifically byron really yes and like I remember feeling extremely uncomfortable with uncomfortable with that because I knew that that would not be a safe environment for him. So then I had to try to make a choice between acknowledging that if it's not safe for him, it's not safe for me or trying to like normalize it and basically deny that there's anything wrong and i think i did actually like try to invite him and he like laughed at me and i was like (laughs) yeah like that would be like a stupid place for you to go that's like not a safe place for you to be and as i got older it like yeah (laughs) was it if you had caught him when he first moved in with eve like when eve first adopted him uh, she's told me the stories. Apparently, he used to like cry and scream at her to take him to church on Sundays. Oh, because like yeah, like Sherry and Shetion were just like the most like religious nut jobs ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shetion used to like start her own religious cults everywhere she used to move. So, oh, that sounds like Roy's dad. Yeah, he was like so. Yeah, Byron was like mm-hmm. super indoctrinated into religion. He can mm-hmm. still quote Bible verses. I'm like how. Yeah, Roy is the same way. Like I like I was a hardcore Seventh-day Adventist. I like 
I was baptized two times. I went to Adventist Whoa. high school and I went to an Adventist college. Like I was heavily indoctrinated and like devoted to my religion. But like, I don't remember a lot of the Bible verses. Whereas my husband who like, when he was like nine was pretty much just like, oh, this is bullshit, right? Yeah. He was never- I remember them. Yeah, he still can fire all of them off. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, like, even I, I was raised Catholic, like church on Sunday, catechism during the week, um, choir, like the whole thing. Like, I don't know any Bible verses off the top of my head. Yeah, like I can't even remember the prayers that they made us say in Catholic school. Like, I, as soon as I got out of that, I tried to block it out so fast. Yeah, that's kind of what happened to me. Like when I, I, so I left extremely quickly, which is not something that people usually do. It's usually a longer watered down process. Whereas I went from like reading my Bible literally between two to four hours every single day and praying. And I had like thrown away all my makeup, thrown away all my nail polish. I pretty much wasn't watching like any movies or TV anymore. It was just like all Bible Jesus. I literally overnight went from that to putting all Jesus. that shit under my bed and never touching it again. Wow. Like, so I kind of gave myself like spiritual whiplash. <laughs> but I mean, whatever it takes, right? Like if that's what you yeah. needed, then that's I'm what you needed. I'm glad that I did it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely glad that I did it because like it was getting to a point where it was, it was like hurting me. Like I, I would lean harder into it because I was taught that that was the path to like peace and happiness and self-love and self-acceptance and the harder I leaned into it the more it was hurting me and it finally just got to a breaking point where I was like I can't fucking do this shit anymore wow well good for you because there, there are Thank people you. that are there, there are people that like that never can never push Completely themselves break out free. of that cycle yeah yeah no I and I've definitely watched it happen several times especially with women because Christianity in general is set up to abuse women and when you get into like fundamentalism and evangelicalism they really teach you some horrible abusive things about what your role is in your family especially to your husband so I've definitely seen a lot of women go through heavy cycles of like wanting to get away from that and kind of like rejecting it and getting like lazy in their faith but not completely letting go of it so that it kind of builds back up and they have like all this guilt and shame built build back up and then they go back into it really heavy oh and it turns the, into this it's the path to get better is just to you need to pray more you need to read mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. oh so, i i hate how they like literally set it up to be a vicious cycle oh yeah, yeah and they they like they do like what i call insurance indoctrination which is they also indoctrinate you with a bunch of ideas about what's going to happen to you and what it's going to be like if you leave so then when you do leave and you're like wow i feel like shit because i just ripped myself out of my worldview out of my community out of everything i've ever known but i've been taught that when i feel like this it's because like satan is after me and has control of me <laughs> Yeah. So, oh yeah. like, yeah, most people when they leave for the first like year or two, it's it's difficult. Like, I understand how some people just never do it or how some people go back because it's like I I had nightmares about the second coming of Jesus for like a year after I left. 
and it was always horrifying. It was like like mountains and like rocks like falling on me and stuff. That's how I started smoking weed because weed makes that go away. <laughs> oh my god! Well, like I mean, technically speaking, Jesus definitely invented weed by that theory. So I mean, yeah. If anyone could, if anyone could take away his own imagery. <laughs> oh yeah. That just, you know, all this just reminds me of like let's like these like I don't like the Duggars like this they're so indoctrinated you have to have kids every year you have to stay married to your husband no matter what mm-hmm. how how abusive how this is it's like any religion really is set up to be anti-woman yeah like yeah, organized religions are yeah and like they're they're set up to be anti-woman and they're set up to be like anti-intellectual as well so oh, 100% you just like take a bunch of people and you tell them they're not allowed to read anything except the bible and the person who is a little bit like stronger and tougher than the other person is also in charge of keeping them indoctrinated and it's all uses like fear tactics so of course the man is going to be the head of the household because he can hit everybody the hardest yeah literally (laughs) yeah it's It's wild i honestly know like i hated I hated Catholic school. Like, like they make like you go to church when you're in Catholic school and all that shit. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like oh, all God. fear-based. I remember uh-huh. in grade seven, I wanted to do a speech not on like a specific other religion, just on like other religions in general and like compare them to Catholicism. And my teacher straight up told me, she looked me in the eye. She's like, if you write that, uh, if you write that speech, she's like, not only will I not grade it, but you won't be reading it in front of the class. Yeah. Wow. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I, because I how dare I? How dare I look up another ideology? Yeah, in the high school that I went to, we used to have a world religion like curriculum, and it was literally a two-week thing that they would do in grade ten or eleven. Okay. That was just like this is what Buddhism is. This is what Islam is. Like just going over all the world major world religions. Yeah. And one of the girls in the grade below me actually converted to Buddhism after being introduced to it that way. And they That's completely amazing. stopped doing it. Yeah. They oh, no. cut it out completely. Yeah. So like oh, yeah. you, you can't even... it sounds like an interesting two weeks in high school. Yeah, it was great. It was like one of the only times that we got to ask like real questions without being like afraid. <laughs> oh, and they took it away because yeah. she turned into a boot. I think she turned into like the most least threatening religion to them, it, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, and I don't even think that she like fully converted. I think it was something that she like explored for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and like, don't you want like kids to be able to do that though? Like, y- you know. If you never get to even like learn about anything else, how do you know that what you believe is the truth? And that was like a big deal for me when I left the church. I picked up every satanic Bible that's been published pretty much and read all of them. Like Luciferianism and straight up devil worship and like the temple of Satan, which is an atheist religion, all that shit. And it it really opened my eyes to make me see that like the religion that i was involved in is the evil one if you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. well I, I actually i find it hilarious how like satanism essentially like devoted itself to be the opposite of christianity 
Yeah. The Satanic <laughs> Temple, like, their main goal is to basically prevent legislation going through that's influenced by Christianity. Yeah. So they're, one of their tenets is bodily autonomy. So if you are a member of the Satanic Church, you have a little bit more bodily autonomy legally in the United States. It's, it's really difficult to enforce, okay. but, like, it's, for example... Um, if you are, you know, somebody with a uterus and you want to be sterilized, it's a lot easier to do if you can sue your doctor for religious discrimination if he refuses to do it because oh, you're yes. a member of the satanic temple. And it's a it's a recognized religion down there, is it not? It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Like their whole their whole deal is basically undermining Christianity when Christianity begins to hurt people outside of itself which is a big thing in the United States. Christians yeah. like really like to punish non-Christians for not being Christian. <laughs> oh, it's it's absolutely bananas the way they do it. It's like it the religions okay. like it's just the, the way they feel the need to punish everyone who doesn't fit into their little bubble. Mhm. is mind-numbing. So <laughs> like this is the, I, Oh, keep Sorry. going. I was just like, when the Mormons got together in that like stadium to pray for Prop 8 to go through or something, like, Ugh. like they rented out an entire stadium to pray. Like, that is fucking insane. I'm sorry. That is absolutely insane. And that's like a, a normal thing to them. That's like a normal like thing for Christians to want to do. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't wrap my head around that. Like the need to so... like, the churches are already big <laughs> enough. <laughs> I can wrap my head around this and it's something I've been trying to like talk about on TikTok recently because I I have an account on TikTok um, that teaches people how to do witchcraft. I'm simple witchcraft on TikTok and I get an enormous amount of comments and messages from like 15 year olds telling me that Jesus loves me or telling me to repent or things like that. And I've been trying to kind of explain to people that the reason they're doing this is because they're indoctrinated to believe that everybody they encounter, they have a responsibility to, that if they don't tell them about Jesus, they're gonna be held accountable for that. Because isn't like, yeah. isn't some Christianity about like the amount of people you quote unquote save? So uh, that's- Depends um, on the branch. Yeah, so there is a denomination. I I feel really silly for not being able to think of them right now because it's like right on the tip of my tongue. But Byron, yeah. Byron would know. He knows all this shit for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Some denominations do work on like a pyramid scheme. So if you convert so many people, you get like a better place in heaven. But how most evangelicalism works is that if you know you meet somebody so like the way that that i explained it is that like these kids see me and they feel a responsibility towards me because they're witnessing me sinning so if they don't tell me that i have committed a sin and i never learn about jesus and never come to jesus when they go to heaven jesus is going to call them out for it and he might not let them into heaven because they allowed me to go to hell essentially so sin by proxy Yes. Yeah. And like that was something that was yeah, that was really pushed on me really hard in in the way that like 
The way that my mom explained it to me is that because I'm a Seventh-day Adventist and both of my grandfathers are pastors and I'm very well known and looked up to in the church, even if I appear to be sinning and I'm not, I'm going to be accountable for that because if, like, for example, you know better. Yeah, if when I first met Roy and I was like spending the night at his place, her issue was not whether or not we were having sex, but that my peers could easily assume that I'm having sex and then think that it's okay for them to do. And then when they go do that sin, it's on me, regardless of what I'm doing, based on their assumptions. Yeah, that, Christianity is a lot is a layer of cake. you are your brother's keeper. Right? Christianity is a lot more of you're your brother's keeper. Yes, so, very so much so. So if you're doing some, if you see something, you need to correct it. Yes. And if you don't, you're going to be held accountable for that. And it's all right. fear-based. Like it's all, you know. It's a losing like, game. That's why I yeah, tell people and, not to engage with minors on this shit because they're not ready to move out of that space right now. Like they can't do it. Their brains aren't developed yet. All, all they know is that they've been indoctrinated to be obedient and to be afraid of everything. And they're fucking terrified. That, that's how I was raised as a, yeah. as a Catholic. I just, I remember like just being eight or nine years old and like fighting with someone who is, I don't like not a Christian, not even fighting, just like having yes. the suspicion of this is how it's supposed to be. Well, why? Because the church says so. Right, like having these adult ass debates when you're like a kid. <laughs> Like, I remember, yeah, I remember going to school and, like, starting, like, when I was, like, the same age, like, eight or nine years old, like, starting debates with other children about evolution as if any of us had any reason to have that debate. <laughs> what the hell it was? Yeah. That is and, such and a cerebral topic. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, like, and it, that's... And it, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it's, like, evolution or, like, even things, like, um in the Catholic Church, the transubstantialism like the the body and blood of christ mm. um in communion it's like eight or nine years old like having yo, these conversations where they get theological heavy, yeah that's it's, some like really heady shit for kids to be talking about right it's a, it's a theological conversation just like evolution is a heavy topic to talk about because it's like it's a scientific thing where we can't wrap our brains around it yeah i i just like fully remember kids looking at me like first of all why are you bringing this up and second of all like you need to to chill like i definitely right. remember like nine-year-olds being like you're like crazier Weird. than a bag of squirrels and i don't want to deal with you <laughs> and, like walk away from me being like you need to pray to jesus yeah. <laughs> you're the equivalent like, of I the person downtown with the megaphone screaming on the soapbox but in yes. elementary school yes. <laughs> that, that's that that's how you're raised in christianity like in Absolutely. like in fundamentalism it's even worse yeah and they teach you that it's a loving thing to do and if you don't do it you're doing something hateful like there's no like neutrality it's that it's, is so like, weird like the, the, yeah. one of the here's like, the opposite the, simmer uh -huh. with it yeah one of the metaphors that we were given fairly often is that like if you see somebody like walking down a trail and there's a snake in front of them, like a rattlesnake, you would tell them about the snake, right? Yeah. So if you know that Jesus is coming back and that everyone who isn't ready for him is going to go to hell, you're going to warn people about hell, right? 
and then yeah. trying to ask them to like step outside of that worldview is impossible because it's like like in my experience most like spiritual practices are not that literal like you know you like pagans for example can like get together and exchange myths about the creation of the world and all be happy just talking about that whereas a christian it's very literal and real for them so if you're talking about another story you're talking about some evil false lie from the devil that's meant to discredit yeah. the true creation of the world yeah it's like it's it's that's a debate in christianity too heaven and hell it's like i have families my parents are religious and we have family friends or that are extremely religious like my parents just went to church i have family friends that like would go to pilgrimages to these sacred christian catholic mm. places every year and like right. literally to them like they would discredit a priest who would say heaven and hell are not literal yeah it's a state oh, of wow. your soul and they're yep. like no it's a literal place because the bible sets the literal place this priest is is not correct like he's working on like he's on Satan's side he's being influenced mm-hmm. by the world how yeah, quickly they another, turn on their own like holy shit they really do like when i left the church my mom straight up called me satanic like she she sent me a big long thing about how i'm i'm evil and i've turned my back against god and like when i came out to her i don't even think i came out to her as gender fluid i told her i'm pansexual because that's already like a lot for her to deal with <laughs> and she was just and like hard for them to understand it, yeah i was like we'll start with that one and she was like is that why you've turned your back on god and i and like in my head i was just like you know according to you god turned his back on me the minute i was born like you don't even get it <laughs> and you can't even try to argue and you can't even argue well the you say that god makes no mistakes well exactly like then what's the yeah what's the deal and like the thing i find hilarious is that every instance in the bible of the word homosexual when you actually look at the greek or the hebrew word depending on whether you're reading the old or the new testament they're talking about pedophiles And I yes. was just going to say that it's like it's the English like it was written in a time where homosexuality homosexual activity was recognized mm-hmm. it was like okay these two people are together whatever what was written in the bible was to protect young boys from being exploited exactly. and being abused which ironically word, is like, their favorite thing to do yeah That is ironic, isn't it? They live with exploit young boys. It's not about that. It's it's about consenting adults. That's that's what's evil. Yeah. It's like, and even then it's like it's not and like I'm my parents are still religious. So it's like I I take the step of not every priest, not every pastor is like that, but it's like when you can admit that you have an issue. Mhm with something that even you know like a molesting young children especially young boys like you can't admit you have an issue you can't take like you don't let the law you don't let society dictate that you move that priest to another parish and let him continue yeah yep. and that was the exact like, same in in the church that I grew up in we had the exact same issue like i i straight up had a teacher in high school who according to people i've met who went to high school with him claim that it's 
kind of a habit for him to get a job at a high school and get in trouble for doing something inappropriate with a minor and then instead of being reported or turned into the police they move him so he's worked at multiple schools in the country and he That's ended insane. up when he was like he had his 40th birthday when i was in grade 10 or 11 and he ended up marrying one of my classmates what no yeah ew wow. Yeah. That is absolutely that was, taking advantage of a young person. Yeah, like he started grooming her when, when we were like, it, I think it was started when we were in grade 10. Like it, it had been an issue for years how inappropriate he was with her. And it wasn't like the conversation amongst the like adults in authority was not about whether or not he's he's even doing something wrong or illegal, but about like how to treat him. Like, fire his ass, turn him into the police. That's how you treat him. No, he yeah. needs to pray more. He needs to read this verse and this verse and this verse. Yeah. Oh, and that's like, what he needs that, to do. They no, didn't that just, like... Yeah. That they didn't do shit. me out. That just skis me out. Like, it just... It, everything reminds me like Josh Duggar. And fundamentalist Christians, like, what did he do? His parents protected him. He didn't do any jail time. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're he so rich, too. To, he went to a religious rehabilitation. And what Man. happened now? His ass got arrested for child porn. Yeah, well, we all know re- religious rehabilitation is church camp for adults. So, yeah, religious, re- religious rehabilitation is terrifying. Bullshit. It means yeah. nothing. Yeah. Well, and when you have as much money as him, let's be honest, he wasn't going there and learning shit. He was going there and relaxing for three months. Well, yeah. The thing for me, like anything like root that has to do with like religion. Like, I know there's a lot of people that go to prison and jail. They find Jesus. They find God or religion or whatever. Kudos to them if that helps them get through it and find peace. Yeah. Because, like, when you're talking about instead of actually learning or doing something that teaches you, like, okay, you're not supposed to do this. It it just reminds you of, like, um, conversion camps. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, I think... I feel like what you're describing is the difference between religion and spirituality because religion is prescriptive. They just give you a list of instructions to follow and part of that often includes giving them money whereas spirituality is completely individual and doesn't really it doesn't really function that way. Like you can't have somebody like tell you what to do on your spiritual path. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's, yeah, you can't be like, this is how you're going to walk down the road and you're going to see mm-hmm. this and then you're going to see this and then you're going to do this and then you're going to have three steps back and then you're going to go five steps forward and like, no. Yeah, no, like I get so many questions from people that are like, um, I want to get started at, in witchcraft. Like, what herbs and like uh, candles do I buy? Like, what kind of crystals do I need? And I'm always like, the ones that you like, the ones yeah. that you want, get those. What speaks <laughs> to you? Go do to the your store, research. what speaks to you, yeah. yeah. Like, that's yeah. what you need to buy. Do, yeah, do your research. Go actually feel things, feel stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and I, I, I get so frustrated with those questions because I wish I could just tell people. I wish I could just say, like, here is how you get started on your spiritual path, especially with witchcraft, which is, like, so individualized, and there are, like, so many different just traditional practices 
it's it's like I don't I'm like I don't I don't know you I don't I don't know like who you are and what you need I don't even know what you like so you got to figure it out and they're you know that's always a disappointing answer though <laughs> yeah we know they, they want like this like they want like go to Amazon Google like search this there's a kit yeah which is like the answer they want <laughs> yeah and I, I yeah. always just feel like you know it's if you're asking me what stuff to buy you've already completely missed the point like I my experience with witchcraft is that I grew the most when I was homeless and I didn't like I wasn't going out and like buying crystals or a bunch of tarot decks or anything like that I was making all of my own tools and just figuring it out with what I had and I feel grateful for that experience like it was like I'm I'll be real with you like being homeless definitely traumatized me in some ways but it taught me so many valuable lessons that at this point in my life I feel like it was a good trade-off yeah okay well I, I mean like even stuff like that I mean like the best thing you can do is look for the positives out of it exactly and like being being in those situations like I definitely learned what the worst case scenario actually is and like a lot of things that we consider worst case scenario is not as bad as we think so I think it is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> like it's I, the band, true though. The, the band the bus and the two door weren't that bad yeah they they were bad don't get me wrong but like I learned a it lot and I, I learned yeah it could have been worse and I learned about like survival in like a real way that I think a lot of people living in like even like lower to upper middle class don't necessarily get to learn those lessons oh, oh like for sure for example being afraid of the dark like I was talking about this with some friends the other night that like I have like growing up my whole life and even into adulthood, I've been afraid of the dark. Like, you know, you, you flip off the light switch and then run across the room to get the fuck out of there as fast as possible. Like we all joke <laughs> about that, but a lot of us really experience that. After being homeless, I do not do that shit anymore. Like being afraid of the dark is just not a thing for me anymore because while I was homeless, being somewhere that's dark meant that I was safer because it meant that people aren't going to be able to see me and call the cops on me and it meant that the cops aren't going to be able to see me when they're doing their like patrol yeah and it's it's like really ch changed my perspective about like how I go about my life just out in the world okay no that's cool like, like no that's a it's a great takeaway to like flip those traumas into like okay well it taught me this so that now that I'm not in that situation it makes me like appreciate not just appreciate but like know what I I'm capable of exactly like I definitely I did a lot of shit that I did not think I was capable of like you know it just even just like living in the car and like some of the shit that we went through like there were a couple times where like our car broke down and it was the middle of a blizzard and it was just like oh, we were just just stuck somewhere for like three days and it was like okay this is our life for three days and i would wow. like so like growing up i really liked the little house on the prairie i read those books a lot and during <laughs> the like roughest times when we were like living in our vehicles I definitely reflected on those stories so much because like even 
in the worst scenarios, like I could still turn my car on and turn the heat on. <laughs> You're like, like, at least I'm not uh, freezing my tits off in this blizzard. Yeah, like. and like, I still have internet. Like I was like, you know, I was selling porn on Tumblr and like I had a wish list up and people were able to like send us supplies that we could go get at the PO box and shit like that. Like there is just so many things that I'm like, nah, this is actually, these are like real tools like the internet is so so valuable yeah clear like clearly holy shit like it sounds like that's like literally how you guys like not only made an income but like also got like extra help was like oh absolutely like you you had a wish list and people were actually sending you things to your po box and you got through some of the tough times i guess that way oh absolutely like like there were so many times where like we didn't like we didn't really like to post and ask for money until we had to and there were a lot of times where like we would do everything throughout the day to get money ourselves and then it'd be the end of the night and I would get on Tumblr and be like we didn't eat today um you know can you help us out and someone would like send us a Domino's gift card for like 30 bucks or something like that and like just so nice Like, I really wish people realized that just those little things, like, accumulated, took years off of what might have been how long we were homeless. Like, the fact that we were able to, like, upgrade our vehicles and even, like, have a P.O. box and, and, like, those things, you know, that's what led us to be able to, like, get a membership at Planet Fitness and be able to shower every day, which is what led us be able to like go to job interviews and actually get a job and like having that job is what made us able to get the apartment that we live in now and all of those things would have been like 10 times more difficult if it weren't for the people like people literally sending a dollar yeah like i and i would panhandle a lot too and i would often get people who apologize profusely because they don't have enough money and they're literally like scraping out all the change in their car and dumping it in my hand and they don't realize there's like three or four dollars in there that's not nothing yeah it's a lot when you have nothing yeah like there's been days where roy and i had to share a dollar to get food for the whole day like three dollars is pretty fucking sweet (laughs) yeah oh my god you can do a lot of damage at 7-eleven with three dollars absolutely and the dollar menu at mcdonald's like hell yeah oh fuck yeah that's That's, i lived on that in bam oh and you know you want to know something great about colorado we were talking about like colorado culture earlier yeah if you're panhandling people will give you weed like oh that's ass yes that just makes everything better then and, nice. and I also, I have chronic pain, so being given, like, cannabis was just, oh, it was, like, the best. Absolutely the best. Oh, that's fucking awesome. It's way better than getting fucking hooked on, like, street painkillers and shit like that, too, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, bless and, Colorado. And, like, the, people, the people who give weed are always, like, the sweetest people. Like, they're always, like, super chill. Because, like, a lot of people sometimes they'll see you and they're like i want to give you money and they're so just like overwhelmed by the sight of you because they understand and they they like can't imagine going through that and they're just like oh i'm so sorry like here's some money and then you get the people that give you weed are just like hey what's up like how you doing you need some bud like here you go good luck like they just (laughs) they're chill as fuck and they're not you know they're not like traumatized by interacting with you (laughs) yeah they're not like scared or anything they're not like oh my god you need weed now like they're just like hey yeah yeah here oh and like here's a 20 as well like they're always the people that are so fucking generous it's great 
Nice. I really, I really, and like, even just like the people that didn't have money, but would just be like, good luck or like, you know, whatever, keep your chin up. Like just having people root for you means so much. And I've heard so many people complain that they feel like they can't give enough or do enough. Yeah. And like, it's even just saying hello, even just making eye contact with someone who's panhandling is, it makes a difference. It like, you know, it works against everything that society does to dehumanize them. Yeah, because like you're you're taught like, well, like growing up in Toronto, you're absolutely taught like, you don't look at homeless people, don't interact with them. Just, you know, like literally step over them and keep going. Yeah. And like, I get really frustrated when people talk about homeless people trying to like take advantage of people because I'm just like, the person with the least amount of power in society is really hurting you and taking advantage of you by bothering you for like five extra dollars like go to hell (laughs) yeah that's not really the end of the world here (laughs) yeah like i had a friend who was like on a date with a girl he'd been seeing for a little bit and this guy saw them together and was like oh yeah and he he went up and basically asked them to to like buy him some clothes and he kind of like manipulated them into a shopping trip and they never set a budget and they didn't set boundaries. And this guy was oh, like, no. fuck yeah. Like, yeah, he was literally just like anything that he could get away with getting, he was getting. And when my friend was telling me the story, he was kind of like, man, like I took advantage of me. And I'm like, yeah, and I would have too. Like, absolutely good on him. Like you said, yeah, you left yourself wide time. open. Don't be a yeah. mark. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like first of all, that's on you. And second of all, he set himself up good. Like you made his survival situation like so much better. Even if you feel a little dumb for getting duped, like yeah. you know, you help like, someone. Yeah, and I feel I would much rather deal with that than deal with McDonald's trying to sell me rainbows every day. Like, I know y'all don't care about me. Right, yeah. Like, like that's like way more of like an economic manipulation that I am not here for than like homeless people trying to manipulate you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here for the whole like let's sell pride bullshit. Like oh God. It's like and yeah, I just I'm... like I just started doing drag, so it's like every ooh. cosmetic company is like, ooh, we have a pride palette. We're donating donating like three yeah. cents from each one to a uh, LGBTQ plus charity. And right? I'm like, and it's like why don't you just Jeffrey give them Star money? You have the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just give them the money. <laughs> and like, it's always so suspicious that like these corporations only do it for June. Like you only right? care about trans youth in June. Like where are you on Christmas? And yet Pride yeah. literally start in May in some places. And like they go uh-huh. all the way. I think like the later ones are in like the fall because like Palm Springs and shit can't do it in the summer. It's too here, hot. Here in, yeah, we have a Pride thing in November in, in Miami Beach. Yeah, oh, wow. It's too hot. No one wants yeah, to be out hot. with the sun in the middle of summer getting heat Yeah, stroke. Denver I, does I, theirs in June and it's it's a little scary to be honest, just mm. with the weather. Ooh, the only the only corporation like Oh no, the, I will say that's the only corporation I kind of respect despite the, the fact that they're assholes is Chick-fil-A because they're they're the only ones that won't be like Oh yeah, they stand do by anything their pride related. They stand by their convictions. They like Home Depot. Pride at the Depot. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wait, well, you donate to anti-trans or anti-LGBT the rest of the year. Yep. Yep. Or, yeah. yeah, but in June it's profitable and like 
that's I always I always feel a little weird when I see queer people on like TikTok or like YouTube like going through all the merch that's coming out this year. I'm like queer people are not the ones profiting off of this. Like stop Absolutely buying not. this shit. Like there's so many creators on Etsy and like Store Envy and even like small businesses on Amazon that are selling like queer merchandise and they're queer. Like stop stop fucking giving Walmart your gay money. Like they're just using it to hurt gay people. Yeah, Walmart does not give yeah. a shit about anybody. They don't even care about straight people. No, they don't care about their employees. You know how many people, like when we would stay at Walmart's, you know how many people we would see in there working at the cash register and then come out and get in their car and sleep next to us? Oh yeah, I've stayed in a Walmart parking lot before. That's usually where we crashed before we went to Electric Forest the night before yeah, we'd sleep in a like, Walmart parking lot. So wow. many. There's a community Walmart. in every Walmart parking lot, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. There is a legit community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's all and the like, back. And no and one realizes always, it. Always people that work there too. Like that's so depressing. Always, always somebody who fucking works there who's also homeless. And like they don't yeah, give a shit. They're like, mm, they yeah, you know, not. you can still make your nothing an hour. Yeah. Ugh. And like I don't, I don't even understand how they don't give people like chairs. Like it, it like hurts my soul every time I go to Walmart and there's like a 65 year old woman with with like you know one of those like wrist braces on mm -hmm. and you're just like oh my god you're in so much pain when you go home because your body is not so you're not supposed to stand for eight hours like no like retired person that. that they hire to be a greeter that they make stand at the front yeah, fucking doors like, for eight hours a day mm, yeah and they literally don't even say anything or look at you they're just like i'm getting paid i'm getting paid I'm getting yeah. paid. I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> I'm too yeah. poor. I'm I'm too poor to not be retired. So, yeah, I'm just gonna stand here and work at Walmart. I worked at a Walmart yeah. pharmacy. They were fucking horrible. Ugh. My my exit conversation did not go well. They were like, "Well, like, what is your problem with us?" I was like, "My problem with you is you want me to drink the purple Kool Aid, and I don't want to drink purple Kool Aid." <laughs> yeah, um, and they fucking got so mad. Like that was just like such an aggressive attack on their culture, yeah. but it is it's very like, culty. Walmart has like a whole like I forgot about this, but I worked for Labor Ready. I did a job for Walmart for like two or three weeks where we were tearing out the floor and, and re-putting putting in new flooring. Yeah. And they would like make us participate in their weird like uh, oh, they fucking do those culty. chants twice a day, like Target. Yeah, they do like, yeah, they do like, like a song in the morning, like church. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's what the hell? It's fucked up. Yeah, they make it, you do like a that... little exercise routine and like a song and a dance and like there's oh, always it has one to be a person. I, it has to be a retail thing because I worked at Macy's and we did the same thing. We'd have yeah. circle time in the morning if you open like. Oh, Come fucking on, kill me. I would. And... I choose a bullet to the brain before that bullshit every time. Mm -hmm. What I like... always love is there's like always one person who's really into it. Oh god, yeah. Right? They, they've worked there for like <laughs> ten years, yeah. and they're like they're really still like... on the bottom. They haven't moved up at all, and they're just like yep. living right. their life. It, it's yep. never management that's drinking the, the Kool Aid the hardest. It's always like nope. the 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 lowest like employee in the rung that's drinking Absolutely. it the hardest. Yep. And like, Walmart has the gall to, like, give them different vests based on how long they've been with the company. It's like, why would you want to advertise that you've worked for Walmart for 20 years? 
Right? And like, why do you want to, like, it, yeah. You wasted 20 years of your life. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, and your reward is a vest. Like, yeah, no, a that golden person needs $10,000. Like, <laughs> you still make $13 an hour, but we gave you a gold vest. Yeah, that's such horseshit. Well, it's like Target. I worked for Target when they were up in Canada for a bit. And, like, they're, like, to reward you, they'd give you, like, a Target dog stuffy. It's, like, how, <laughs> how would you what? give, like, even a gift card to the store would be more economical. It's, like, yeah, like I, I, I'm already making so little that I have to buy all my fucking groceries at Target because they give me a discount. Like, right. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, the worst the manipulation tactic. Mm-hmm. You essentially get, like, no paycheck because you give it all back to them. Oh yeah, you know when I worked at the dog daycare, and I've I've had a couple friends who've worked in a variety of dog daycares, and it seems to be a theme that they pay you garbage and then tell you that you should be grateful that you even get to work with these dogs. And <laughs> like especially at the daycare that I worked at, their business model was primarily just accepting all of the dogs that were rejected from the other daycares in the area. So. Oh my god. Oh, so you yeah, got the so worst like, of the worst sometimes. I was, yes, I was dealing with dogs that I was not qualified, equipped, or trained to deal with at all. And I was told to just suck it up and like deal with them and just be happy that I get to work with dogs. And I'm like, um. Okay, dogs aren't that, like animals are great, but they're not that great. Yeah, I still need to eat. I still need to pay my bills. Like it's, yeah, Costco it's not doesn't that accept great. Um, dogs love for payment for groceries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but like yeah that was some like weird awful abuse that i pointed out over and over and over again like that is that is straight, like straight up, up gaslighting yeah you, you be cannot tell to people that dogs like no i'm covered in dog no. shit and like <laughs> okay i gotta tell y'all about diablo just because i need to <laughs> You need, need to, you need to get something off your chest here? Yeah, so like, this was kind of a turning point for me, was dealing with this dog. Diablo is a black Akita. His oh, name no. fits him very well. And he is very spirited and independent and not neutered. He has his balls. Oh, fuck and off. When, when I was working him, he was about three years old. Still and a tiny like, asshole. Yes. And tiny he pot, was basically. like... The only person who could actually get him to listen to commands was his dad, who was only at home on the weekend. He would like travel away during the week for work. And then this like tiny woman who like doesn't know about dogs and is terrified of him was left alone with him all week. And she would bring him to daycare and then he would like terrorize us. So primarily <laughs> what would happen is he would latch onto you and not let go. Oh. Like, yeah, and he'll, like, if you, if he, he liked to, like, bully other dogs and be, like, really inappropriate and aggressive and sometimes violent and, like, he'll, like, grab a dog by the scruff and, like, thrash them. Wow, and, Diablo and he, was a you, great name. Yeah, and if you, like, try to correct him, he'll turn around and grab onto you. And I'm the kind of person that in those situations, I don't care. I will grab you by the scruff and throw you in a kennel and you can latch onto me because it means that you're not latching onto this dog that weighs 40 pounds. Yeah. And it would you like can take the hit. Exactly. And like it would and he would progressively bite harder every time like he understood what he was doing. Oh my and god. He did not like it. And like at one point what a one of the other shit. 
he was very smart. Like I actually really liked him. I wish yeah. that he had been worked with properly, but he didn't. He, he didn't get handling, that. Yeah. He needed way better handling. But like our manager, we begged her to to like not let him come back because he was so dangerous. Like one of the other girls was trying to handle him one time, and she got him into a kennel, and he wouldn't let her leave. Like. I've never seen that before. He would like jump up on her and push her away and growl in her face. And it was just like terrifying. And like Whoa. there was another, the last instance that I had with him, I, I wasn't working in the dog group. I was working at the front desk and I had, I had come out to put his leash on to take him home. And he jumped up and put both his paws on my shoulders and got right in my face and was growling at me. And he like pushed me up against the fence and I had to be so fucking cool like i have never felt so much fear and i have dealt with some scary ass dogs that if he had knocked me over he would have shredded my face like Shit. did you kick him in the yo, nuts no i was very friendly very nice i was like okay diablo it's time to come home yeah you're such a good boy Here's your leash. okay get down let's go and i'm like fucking shaking and dog like, inside and, you, bitch. yeah he was like i fucking hate you and he and i had already like had some bad encounters together so he was done with me <laughs> well yeah because like, you would you said you would just like you'd be like fine latch onto me bitch i'll toss you to fucking yeah like there was a, a day where he was in my group i was alone with him and like 10 other dogs and he was going around to each dog knocking them over on their back and and thrashing them like not breaking any skin but he was like grabbing them and thrashing and I, it was a situation where i was not able to get the leash over his head we had like the the like loop the yeah. leashes like yeah and like stick. i can't I, what, no it was just a, oh. it was just like a, a just a slip knot on a rope basically oh, okay but yeah like i can't get that over his head because he's got something in his mouth he's got a dog in his mouth so i would just grab his scruff and haul him off and he turn around and latch on me and like after that happened he was like no nah, i'm done with you bitch you don't let me get away with shit and oh, we wow. did not have yeah so you have which to, you have to teach a, him you were alpha that's too smart for his own good i think oh yeah he like was he was smart. brilliant i like i really really encourage them to take him to training and get him fixed like oh there's yeah. some Cut dogs the balls off yeah like i've definitely known some dogs that you can leave them on and they're they're fine and the only thing you really want to worry about is testicular cancer and then there's other dogs where we're just like oh my god when are they coming off please <laughs> like, um, my my two cats it was like oh my god they we were like no as soon as they can come off they're fucking coming off because like they were they were brothers and let me tell you when they got testosterone going yeah um yeah they were fucking talk up everything with each other <laughs> all right um holy shit we have been talking for well over an hour though um, oh my Cat, yep. we, um, we absolutely want to have you back again because I feel like we need oh, to do for sure. like a multi-part oh, thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm down. This was really so much uh, to talk really about fun. and we only scratched the surface. <laughs> I, right. you know, I had like some things on my mind that I was like, I got to make sure I bring that up that I didn't even get to. So That's I'm okay. definitely down for a second oh. session. Byron told me, oh, he's uh, like, you're going to have to do more open. than one episode. He's like, there's no way you're going <laughs> to fit it all in. And I was like, oh. no, that's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely open invitation. All right. Yeah, and, we'll uh, schedule yeah, we again. Get Roy on here too. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Your husband sounds fascinating. I can't wait oh, to talk to him too. And he's hilarious. Yeah. He always makes me laugh. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. All right. Well, um, Kat, do you want to plug anything? 
Yes, I I am at simple.witchcraft on TikTok. I, I teach people very down-to-earth basic witchcraft skills. Okay. Cool. That's cool. And we'll um, put that on like in the link? description as well. Say that again. Trish. No, they were going to put that down in the description so oh, yeah. people can find you. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, send me like a little linky boo and I'll I'll put it in the description for the episode. All right, sounds good. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to link? I think Bug, that's it. Push? Okay, cool. That's all I got going right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, awesome. thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, I personally can't wait to have you back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's thank a good you conversation. You know, when I first got on, I was like, I was pretty nervous and I, I had a lot of fun. You guys are great to talk to. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for another Kiki. All and right. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.